Zach is in Jesse's room and he has a confession to make. He can't dance. He's been faking it for years. I can't believe it. What does that mean? How do you fake dancing for years? <laughs> he talks. He's been talking a big game and it's like whenever someone asks him to dance, he goes, one minute, I get a shit. <laughs> 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 Welcome back, everybody, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and ignoring anything we might know about the future run, decide if that's the show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell went 86 episodes over four seasons on ABC. Today we're talking about episode one, Dancing to the Max, originally airing August 20th, 1989. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys, Gordo, Ferg, Nick, and Joe. What's going on, guys? Hello. Hello. Wow, Slater. That was hot. Uh, back in full strength. I think we want what back-to-back weeks as a four-man show. So first time yeah, we've we had all five in here. a while. Yeah. Well, that's good because I'm glad we have everybody here for a nostalgia show because that's for sure what this is. This is a classic yeah. can-you-go-home-again scenario. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, the answer will probably be apparent when we go through all of this. We'll see you yeah. next week. They call me the big bopper of pooping. That's what they call me. Okay. Do you miss um, my poop jokes? <laughs> I missed your poop jokes. Well, that's one. We got one. We gotta have one. And before we go any further, I just want to remind everyone to go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can go to find all the links to all our social media everywhere where you can go to listen to us. s1e1pod.com. Please give us a follow on everything you can follow us on. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. All right, well, let's get into this. Can you go back home again? Can you go to a dance party hosted by a pedophile magician? Can you have a cure poster on your wall? Can you have a weirdo wearing a clockwork orange t-shirt playing bass on the back of the band? There is so much going on in this episode. Yeah, and uh, before we even delve into this episode, I do want to touch on it because this is a weird one as far as how we normally structure our shows. We always do episode one, you know, season one, episode one. Uh, Saved by the Bell, technically this is episode one, but there was a show before it that this isn't really a spinoff. It's more like a retooling because Good Morning Miss Bliss was a show that aired for a full season before Saved by the Bell and Zach Morris, Screech, Lisa Turtle, they were all on this show. Mr. Belding, these, uh, those were the four characters that moved on. Um, it's basically the same show, only the focus was more on the teachers than the students. Right. And it's not quite a spinoff. And like, it's not a spinoff at all. I don't know where your uh, thing, where your issue with it, because it's just not a spinoff. Because half the characters are the same characters. It's the same school, same people. The city's different. They forget. They don't. They don't acknowledge that it happened previously. It's not like, hey, we all moved from Indiana, which I it's, think is yeah, the key thing. Yeah, that is the thing is the move. But I think to think that it's weird to even acknowledge that it could be a spinoff is weird because it. It's, it's like the same guy. We all moved as, as friends to another school. <laughs> Their parents were really close. And they all just decided to do it together. That would be some sort of like weird cult think 
right? Where they're like, we're all going to Los Angeles now. So yeah, so typically like the way we do our show is we don't want to do what we would consider a spinoff but before we do the original show, but this seemed kind of like a weird case. And additionally, I don't know if Good Morning Miss Bliss is a show that would be fun to cover or listen to. Maybe, I mean. I told you I tried to watch on Peacock, which Good Morning Miss Bliss is is the first episode of Saved by the Bell on there. And I didn't get through the intro without being bored. The, yeah, no. it's not, it, it's no. a very different vibe right from the intro. When the Saved by the Bell, when the Saved by the reboot came out we watched an episode we watched like the first two episodes of good morning miss bliss because we were like oh i wonder let's look back in the head mindset or whatever and it was so hard to get through it was not enjoyable but yeah i I did want to at least bring it up (laughs) but uh yeah we can move right into this episode which is dancing with the max uh august 20th 1989 like i said earlier also known as the day that the menendez brothers killed their parents yeah i'm pretty sure he was asian (laughs) that's all i can think of the menendez brothers and thanks to uh nick and his old podcast i do have the menendez brothers uh basketball card up my oh wall. yeah the mark jackson card mm-hmm. so yeah um so to start this episode uh starts right with the intro uh i i want to point out so it's basically just it's very 90s graphics and kind of just clips of the actors in the show with uh what i would consider now to be a very iconic theme uh fantastic song yeah yeah um the only thing i want to mention is watching it now is the version that was available that I watched it on was not the original season one version of the intro because the clips of the actors are clearly them a little older so I think once it went into syndication and stuff they probably just used the updated intro for every episode I mean it's better than the reboot version yeah, the one that I saw had Max and stuff in it so that had to be first season well Max was in was in the one I watched but if you look at the clips of the kids they are much older than season one when you are they, I, didn't, I think I probably just jam into the song so hard what's up gordo who's max the weird ma- rapey magician oh uh, okay 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 the Ooh. guy who as a kid i thought was so old and when i looked him up for this i saw that he was like 21 when they filmed this and i can't tell if i find this dude creepier as an older guy or as a 21 year old either way i don't like him hanging out with kids <laughs> well in fairness max is the owner of the diner restaurant that they hang out in but so only he's kids like, hang out there but he's he's not there to hang out like it's his business like no he's there to do <laughs> magic right but he decided i'm going to create a business that will be only for teenagers which i find just inherently gross it's clearly successful if he's getting casey Kasem to show up there i don't <laughs> think he true. designed a restaurant in hopes that only teenagers would go there it just happened to be that way yeah it's probably like the restaurant near the school and when they have lunch break they go over there and stuff but i always felt like it was like touching the property like it seems like it must be right next to the school yeah it's like easy for them to get to yeah i mean that's like any sitcom though like the friend's coffee shop the like they're all always right near it for some reason so it's just like a weird uh like plot device i guess i just feel like you never see like an adult eating a burger in the corner though it's always kids at the max yeah what about like happy days they were all teenagers that went into this restaurant truth arnold yeah all right, Happy Days makes sense, yeah. Well, that's because the adults didn't want to go in there and hear that rock and roll music. I mean, if you really want to get into it, Fonzie's a fucking weirdo in the Happy Days because isn't he like considerably older than all these kids? And he hangs out. And he hangs out in the woman's room. Hey. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, so as far as like the Max goes, the restaurant that they're all hanging out in, it starts and there's just all the kids just standing there dancing, uh, as you do when you're on a lunch break at school. <laughs> it was so weird looking. Do you remember like our dance breaks? 
uh, fondly. But uh, in this, what I thought was funny too is obviously they're dancing to no music and they just said, oh, just pretend you're dancing and we'll play a music track over it, you know, in post. But so no one's dancing to music that fits what they're playing and it's like all very offbeat. So it's very obvious that it doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's definitely one dude who's dancing like he's in one of those beach blanket bingo movies from the 1960s where he's basically just doing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is happening? I meant to appreciate, um, we've talked about on certain shows is is them getting the actual songs too because all this generic like music they had like throughout the whole episode is just like uh (laughs) oh i mean that was historic for the show in general they never used like a lick of real music now they did when they were the five aces and then they do really bad like lip syncing or zack attack zack attack that's what i was thinking of yeah and um so yeah so then max the waiter magician runs out and uh turns off the music to tell everyone that he got a telegram again i said a telegram <laughs> in, in 1989 like the technology a- for telegrams was no longer being used legitimately no longer <laughs> no, being used. no well, it, it was originally somebody sent a raven but it got shot out of yeah. the sky <laughs> was a telegram from the pinkertons letting them know that the steam engine got robbed earlier that day like what is going on here i think what you'll see in this episode a lot a lot of times is this was a show written by adults trying to write a show about kids and it's there and not even like young adults i think it was just old people writing this show also like i don't know about you guys but if i sidled up to the bar or whatever right and it was like hey how's it going can i have a high life please and they were like sure but first can i give you and then like pigeons started flowing out of their hands and they wanted to do card tricks i'd be like get the fuck out of here i do not want magic for my server and do you think he was a failed magician who had to become like a server or maybe he was a, a failed server who was like i'll become a magician well he owns he owns the max you guys are not giving him enough credit as a business owner. <laughs> also but he's not a failed magician yet you don't know if he owns the max they have the same name it could just be a coincidence didn't you name your son after the max no i did not <laughs> <laughs> he's named after max from goof troop and you know that <laughs> what if max from goof troop is named after oh, that wouldn't work ah fuck max from tiny tunes the leaning tower of cheese <laughs> <laughs> Well, we do have a different dog in this episode, right? Because we've got Scrappy Doo coming up. I do want to. I want to go back to Gordo real quick. And how many times lately? I feel like one of us keeps mentioning Polly Shore. <laughs> how many episodes does Polly Shore get mentioned? Oh, do you want? It's coming in this episode too. Oh well, I guess we'll get to that in the future as soon as we do the cast intros. Uh, as we find out, there's a uh, a show called Dance Party that selected the Max for a televised dance contest next Saturday, and it's signed by Casey Kasem, which uh, Max does the. Uh, Casey Kasem, the impersonation of him when he announces his name. (laughs) And everyone's very excited about this. This is like 30 years too late, right? In 1989, there's no dance party televised things with Casey Kasem on television that the kids are excited about. No, he would be hosting the top 40 still on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. The dance party TV thing was for sure long gone. I mean, there were some revivals of like Soul Train and stuff in the 90s, but... Yeah, there's definitely a 70s thing, yeah. And before, but yeah, by the 70s, I think that's the very tail end of any of that stuff going on. It's also and not to sound ageist or anything because I've got no issue with this, but like I just don't see a bunch of teenagers being like, "Oh my god, it's Casey Kasem." Well, I can't <laughs> like, see wait, a bunch what? of teenagers being excited to dance though either. Like, is the well, this is really- a, a group of kids that were dancing anyways in the Max up until they found out that they could dance on television. So when we talk about these type of shows a lot on this on our show, we always talk about how it's not meant though for the people of the age group 
that they're portraying it's made for people who are younger because they have like an idyllic version of what that will be right, like. right yeah and i was reading that when they wrote this show it was like brandon hardikoff or whatever from mdc was like we're losing people in the 10 to 12 year old market on saturday mornings and that's who we need to get so this show i think that you can have some i guess you call it leeway or whatever for like the complete not realistic depiction of teenagers because it's not for teenagers it's for 10 year olds who will be like i would dance at school that's interesting too because when you really think about it this is maybe two steps removed from like barney you know what i mean <laughs> like it's not that far from it barney with a gay joke and sexual tension though <laughs> you guys don't you guys don't remember this is what it was like in the 90s where your masculinity was uh, determined by how well you could dance yes you must have sucked at dancing <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was gonna do it. The show is specifically made to combat Saturday morning cartoons. That's why this show existed. So even though it's you know a live action show, this was the intent. It was the intention was to go up against Bugs Bunny, which is an interesting concept when you consider the thought process must have been, damn, cartoons are doing really good. Let's not do that. <laughs> like, why didn't you just make a cartoon or make this premise as a cartoon and everybody's like a duck? Right. You know what it was though. Good morning, Miss Bliss. Was just a show about this boring British teacher. Like we gotta, we gotta ramp it up. And it just went the other way completely. It is really boring because the whole thing is like, now Zach, let me sit down and teach you about what you did wrong. <laughs> and I understand what they were going for. It was trying to be educational and also a little heartwarming. And I think they were trying to also make her be a sort of female Punky Brewster scenario, where I, I can't remember his name, but the Commandant Lassard from Police Academy, who's Punky's dad, Punky. <laughs> That punky. guy, like, <laughs> this bliss is just a female punky. <laughs> Zacky. Like, that's what it is. It was, um... Yeah, I don't know. And Haley Mills also famously from the Parent Trap, the original Parent Trap movie, which is I think what people best know her from um, all these years later. Right, and that was a Disney movie, and the original Miss Bliss is was a Disney Channel. It a, yeah, it was a Disney property. Yeah, and then the uh, the merger with ABC or whatever came into place, and that's kind of how this all spun and got retooled. So this is a Disney show. Yeah, originally well, not so Ms. much Bliss Saved by was. the Bell. Yeah, Miss Bliss. Good morning, Miss Bliss was Saved by the Bell is an ABC show abc or cbs i'm sorry cbs right i was gonna say abc is disney cbs was i believe it was cbs and i said abc at the top of the episode that's it scrap it start over yeah i can't remember either way but i mean the new save by the bell which was canceled yesterday by the way let me uh hold on yeah L- let that. me start over i just oh, looked it up Paul mac morris i was wrong twice it's nbc this was an nbc <laughs> oh. show <laughs> I knew that because I said Brandon Tartikoff and he's a yeah, famous NBC guy. Exactly. So um, as I list all all the other networks, it's actually NBC. But yeah, uh, that we're doing this today where the reboot of Save by the Bell was canceled yesterday. Yeah. And I'm sure, well, I don't want to say I'm sure, but there's a good chance we might tackle that show one day. I think it'd be interesting, especially after doing this one, like to now see how a new version of the same show looks. What's it called? But um, Saved, Saved by, the Bell. by the Bell. Oh, it's interesting. It's got a lot of the same cast as parents and stuff. It, but if we're watching this being like, this feels kind of weird as a 36 year old watching that felt like I was not like, I don't know about you guys. When I watched it, I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be watching. this. I don't want to talk about that show too much because we might do an episode. Right. But I guess like a quick thought would be they were trying to skirt a line of attracting new people to watch it like kids, but want to throw in enough nostalgia for us to watch. Yeah, the, the requel. And they were like one foot on both sides and it just didn't work. They should have really just leaned one way or the other. And it was, there was too many like wink, wink 
wink jokes to the past that were overly corny. It wasn't like clever, but yeah, I guess that's that's all a story for another day. Maybe we can have like a week where we cover all shows like that. We can do that, like Girl Meets World, and I'm sure there's others. We, we could just do a Save by the Bell month. We, we could do Good Morning Miss Bliss, Save by the Bell, the College Years, Save by the Bell, the New Class. Over my dead body, New Class sucks. I liked the New Class. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> I like everything. <laughs> I love the College Years. I actually really enjoyed it. You even cover the movie when Zach and uh, Kelly get married. Mary make a porno. No. All right. Well. <laughs> Moving forward, so we're not talking for 70 hours about Saved by the Bell. I want to get back into this. and Saved by the Bell? So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to talk about Saved by the Bell, but you want to talk about Saved by the Bell. What? This is going to be a long night. <laughs> Jay, just keep going. Ding, just keep ding. Going. You don't need to verbalize every thought, Gordo. All right, anyways. Um, <laughs> so uh, after Max reads this telegram, he hands it off to uh, one of the kids who's Slater. And I, I don't know why he gave that to him. But in any event, Kelly and Slater are reading it over again, even though they just heard what was on it. And Slater recommends that him and Kelly team up together uh, for this dance contest because they could win it all. Which enters Zach, who says to him, win with you? Your feet need training wheels. Ooh. <laughs> Sick burn. And just real quick, since we're starting to introduce people here, Kelly is in Son-in-Law with Polly Shore. <laughs> oh, oh, thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> Man, I love that movie so much. <laughs> So uh, after Zach says that, Jesse stands up, uh, one of the other girls, and tells them that dancing is supposed to be fun and that like the winning and losing of this doesn't really matter. Kelly says that she wishes she could be partners with both of them, and Slater then says she should pick the best dancer, and then breaks into a dance in the middle of the max. <laughs> after yelling, hit it, and the jukebox starts playing again. <laughs> I laughed oh so hard God. at this. It was Me like, too. I don't know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> this was um, eye-opening as far as the shows we've seen. Like, I mean, there's a, like uh, Fergan mentioned it. Like, there's a lot of cringe in the shows we watch. But, I mean, to come out of the gate with this was just, I don't know, revolutionary. And then, yeah, everyone just sits there and watches this jacked-out-of-his-skull 15-year-old do a dance routine. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene later on where he's in the locker room with Screech, where also he sits down with his legs open and clearly is just covering his junk i don't know if they gave him like a batman note where they're like don't show the bulge but he is ripped he was so muscular like this does not make sense so screech is like substantially younger than the rest of the cast and um when he whenever he's just with slater it's like abundantly clear how much younger he is more yeah more so with him yeah then Screech, Dustin Diamond, R.I.P. Yes, yes. Uh, rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. And also now, as we're introducing ourselves to all of the cast, is this the first show where we've seen two naked people in real life? Like, we've seen Screech naked and Jesse naked? I was going to comment later. I Anytime she dances after seeing Showgirls, I, I can't look at this show the same. It, it's <laughs> weird. It's dirty. Dirty. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. And we've all seen the Screech sex tape. No, we haven't. I have no, not seen the Screech sex tape. Oh, I watched the Screech sex tape. I sent you guys a picture of him hanging dong earlier today. I've also heard that the, that picture you sent, I've heard is fake too, by the way. I don't remember if that's part of I mean, I haven't watched the whole movie, but when it came out, I was like, oh, I have to watch a clip of this. Full disclosure, I deleted that picture from the chat so I didn't have to look at it the next time I opened it again. I just, I I'll make sure like, I okay, watch it, it right after I finish uh, One Night in China. <laughs> But uh, watch that one too. Uh, to talk about the episode 
real quick. Uh, Nick, you said it was like a, this is kind of a weird way to introduce a lot of these characters. Oddly enough, this actually wasn't the pilot episode that they recorded first. The, the first episode ended up being like the 13th episode that actually got aired, oddly enough, because the network decided that this was actually a better episode to introduce everybody on. I, I kind of realized that early on because you do kind of start this episode and this series you feel like there's already establishments there, like between the characters and stuff like that, that you missed. And we've all seen this show, so it probably glanced off of us. But it, it, it did feel like you missed something because you don't know why these people are friends. You don't know this chemistry between Zach and Slater and Kelly. And But it's all just happening. Like, if we had never seen this show ever, like, I think it would confuse us. Yeah, they thought this was, like, a good one to start people off on. So they kind of yeah. just went, like, in the middle. I think there was, like, a six or seven episode order. And they just kind of picked whatever one they thought was strongest to be the introduction to the show well when you have star power like casey Kasem involved yes. <laughs> you lean heavy with it it's weird to start your first episode with a guest star episode like you think they would like advertise it i know he's like i has been at that point i know he's still on the radio and shit but if you have a guest star you think like there'd be commercials or like you know try to get some hype what's weird to me about this is this is five years removed from ghostbusters right so casey Kasem does a cameo in ghostbusters he has that voiceover who's like the guys then went to downtown and danced with all the ladies like you hear him doing like a radio spot and like that's like hey casey do you want to do this thing in this big budget movie with like dan Aykroyd and all these people and i'm sure he was like yeah of course and this one they were like hey we're making a show no one has ever seen it it's about teenagers dancing do you want to do it and he was like yeah of course like wait those are two very different peaks of a mountain i wanted to touch on this really quick um so we mentioned that this Saved by the Bell was aired mostly Saturday mornings against cartoons. For whatever reason, this episode, their first episode, aired on Sunday night primetime, which uh, was right after Family Ties. So they used Family Ties as a lead-in to introduce people to this show. It's a big lead-in. A very weird time for a show like this, though, that's clearly made for children right. and have it debut on primetime. It's weird to see how much like network operations have changed because this isn't the first time we've seen a show that has like bounced slots. Like it was the Wild West back then. Like if you could get this show in at this spot that you wanted, but you weren't going to have it a month from now, like you did it anyways. Like you don't see that now, and uh, it's just a weird methodology that they had back then it was just like they were like still learning the ropes i think as far as like popular times and and shit like that and it's it's just so old we can't really understand why they did those things nowadays well wasn't tv sort of a, a cable tv we'll say more of a newer medium back then like in 89 like i know that television had been around since the 60s but cable television kind of jog things up a little bit and i'm not sure when cable was actually like introduced to the masses the seven late 70s okay but it's it's not that far off from here so yeah well well, network tv itself started in the late 40s yes yeah that's why i said it's not a, a revolutionary thing um but just the the i thought that the mass adoption of cable was right around this time according to this cable started in 1948 but was wide uh available to the masses in 1989 53 million people had it by then that was the year this this came out yeah so you do have something there gordo that's when uh this this episode came out in 1989 but um yeah so 
Now it's Zach's turn to show his dance skills after Slater's performance. And he said that he could beat Slater with three toes tied behind his back, which was interesting. And he tells Slater to go practice first so they can have a real dance off and feel like Slater's performance is pretty solid. I don't know if <laughs> he's, he needs to tell him to go back and practice some more. I think that was a pretty solid showing. That uh, just shows how good Zach is. Yeah. Well, Kelly's very excited by that. <laughs> To be fair, if you tied your middle three toes like behind your back, you only really need your pinky and your, your big toe. Right, but they're also attached to your foot. So if you tied three toes behind yeah, your you back. You'd have to remove the toes and then tie them behind your back to have those other two toes available. Well, if you're dancing with just one foot, though, you probably could invent a whole new dance that'll sweep the nation, like the sprain. <laughs> <laughs> How did you become worse than me at jumping to the head? Yeah. <laughs> well, the opportunity presented itself. I couldn't help. Well, so as you say that, this is one of the first times we really see Screech and Lisa in the episode. And Screech says, hey, Lisa, my horoscope says we're destined to be together. And she's like, my horoscope says beware of dorks. <laughs> and he goes, well, I'll protect you from them. Because he doesn't understand that <laughs> he is the dork. Uh, and then we cut back to Jesse, who's sitting at the table when this boy named Danny walks up to her and asks if she wants to go to dance with him. And at first she's really excited and says she would love to and stands up and realizes that she's nearly a foot taller than him and sits back down and tells him she doesn't believe in dance contests. Uh, he tells her, well, we don't have to go to the dance. We can just skip it and kiss all night. Do you think that this guy, this actor, because he maybe thought like, I don't know, I've, I've got a name in the episode and like maybe I'll get like a recurring role. Like now, every time he gets fired from some temp job, he's like, you can't fire me. I'm short. Danny, I was in the first episode of Saved by the Bell. They're like, all right, Danny, get out of here. I don't know if he turned out to be a, a little monster. <laughs> he actually works for the baby in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Who also gets mentioned multiple times on the show. Yeah. My stogie. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so when Zach hears that, uh, he breaks the fourth wall for the first time. And he says to the camera, hmm, skip the date and start with the goodnight kiss. That Danny has good ideas. Because it's the first time we're seeing it, what do you think of the fourth wall being broken like that? I thought it was weird. Very 90s. Like Ferris Bueller. Yeah, it's very Ferris Bueller, which would have only been, what, three years before this. But I feel like it's hard, again, we're coming at this as people who've all seen this show. It's hard to give an accurate judge of what you'd think of it if you had never seen it before or were expecting yeah, it. Yeah, it's so commonplace. Like, you just expect it at this point. But yeah. Um, right. But I think, I because I noticed it, and I think to have done it and then done it so sparingly after the first time made it weird. Because he only did it, I think, twice, maybe three times. He does it a lot in the series, though. It's usually yeah. with the timeout. Like, right, but I'm talking about in this episode yeah. only, it's strange that he did it and then never did it again. He did it like one other time, but yeah, I mean, you don't want to overdo it either, but yeah, I guess it's skirting that line of how many times though before it becomes too much. I think three would have been too much and two would have been perfect because one, I feel like two would have driven it home that he can do this. He has well, this he did power. Well, he did it a second time. There's a, a time Does later he? in the episode. Yeah. We'll get we'll get to it. All right. When we get to it, I'll mention it. But uh, so yeah, from from that we get to uh, um the girls' locker room at school later that day, and Jesse's standing on like one of those like physician scales to like measure herself. Um, and she starts freaking out because she said she grew an inch since lunch, which I don't 
think is true, uh, but she feels like a giant. And Lisa says to her, you know, you're bright, sensitive, popular. And Kelly goes, yeah, everyone looks up to you. It's like, <laughs> so they go with the tall joke right away. Zing. <laughs> well, this is actually to your earlier point that we kind of got dumped into the middle of a season because this feels like a weird, like they shouldn't be friends if you're if you're looking at this from like a first episode viewpoint. Are you trying to say that they shouldn't be friends because no friends would sit there and just shit all over each other? Because if that's your point, <laughs> you're on the <laughs> wrong show. <laughs> You fucking idiot. No, what I'm trying to say, oh God, don't make me go into a Scott Steiner ramp again. <laughs> um, no, what I was trying to say is that- There's a 43% chance of them all being friends. <laughs> no, it- <laughs> Gordon, holler if you hear me. No, they, you got dumped into the middle of a season, but they want you to make it seem like you are in the first episode, but clearly it's not the first episode. Yeah, but I just think sometimes it's okay to just jump into a world. Like, you don't need to know all, like, the origin of everything. Every episode is self-contained, so you could be dropped into any episode as the first episode. Okay, all right, fair point. Yeah, so she worries about what will happen if she continues to grow at this rate, and Kelly says to stand tall and be proud. Lisa says to her, and practice your slam dunk. So uh, this time, Lisa with a zinger at her, uh, where Kelly was the one before, so... Yeah, they, they are all obviously friends because of their willingness to joke around about this stuff. Just seemed weird that you would just dump you kind of right in that and not make any kind of establishment. I don't know. I just, I guess I didn't, I didn't really see it that way. Oh, I, I think, I think them ripping on each other like that brings you pretty much into the story that they're friends for a long time. You don't need to, by the way, these three met in elementary school and were close to become buddies. And, and, like, and guys, I'll, I'll say this for, for a show like this and knowing what's coming up, a lot of times we overanalyze and delve into some of these minor things and, and take it a little serious. This show is so absurd for the for the remainder of the episode that I think we really need to focus on all the weird more than the logic because there's a lot of weird coming Oh, up. the weird's coming up. We'll get into it. Yeah. And uh because here we are in music class and uh the no. teacher has to make a sad announcement, he said, and Zach goes, Beethoven's alive. Oh <laughs> it's like, good one, Mr. Morris. It's like what 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 does that even mean? Like what <laughs> Like, he'd be, his day would be made worse by the fact if Beethoven, if another human being was not dead. What the fuck? I got bad news, everybody. Somebody's alive. No. <laughs> like, oh, no. Not only that, but like one of the, one of the most brightest musical minds in like <laughs> yeah. human history. Like, oh my God. It was, we're 90s terrible. kids. We like rock music. We don't want that boring stuff. If he's alive, we'll hear more of it, basically. I mean, he'd be like 900 years old. So yeah, yeah probably. That would probably be a little scary. <laughs> Zombie Beethoven. <laughs> the teacher replies with this like creepy sarcastic laugh but he does it as the like ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> well no he did the he Beethoven. Beethoven. Beethoven yeah, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. oh yeah yeah, yeah. You just did the halls. Yes. But that's not, that's from something. That's not, Tums didn't write that either. That's from, no, like, we've uh, talked about this. Yeah. That's Dragnet. Yes, 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 it is. Yeah. Another not dated reference fucking Dragnet. Right. <laughs> 
What are you talking about? That was on Dragnet Fridays, the the on Nick at Night. Nick at Night. I used to love it. It was also used in Sixteen Candles every time, like the grandmother came up. So, uh, <laughs> the actual sad news is not it's not that Beethoven is alive. It's that apparently he needs to conduct uh, more than one class at once today because Miss Wickham slipped and got her head stuck in a tuba. <laughs> To which Slater said, maybe they should get fat Tommy to blow her out. (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh really hard. made me crack up. We talk about, you know, what you can and can't say anymore. And it's like, it's not even that bad. Like, just acknowledging someone's fat. I wish you'd cut the fat Tommy like, oh, with his tuba. And then he walks out going, bum, 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 bum. (laughs) They ruined that. I can't imagine, though, like now they would allow even a character to be called Fat Tommy. Oh, God, no. On Community, there's one called Fat Neil. Well, oh, I guess I stand corrected then. But even that was over a decade ago. They also cover it well because he hates the nickname so much he tries to kill himself. Oh, wow. So a very wow. upbeat well, uh, episode of this show. Well, uh, so so he um, he tells them that um, now they're going to be playing a piece by Johann Sebastian Bach. And <laughs> Screech says, a piece? Why can't we play the whole thing? <laughs> Dumb joke, but that one got me. So we're to believe that he you know, he starts the band up here. He's conducting, and we're assuming that he's running into another room to another band that's also playing so he can conduct them, and he's running back and forth and doing both at the same time. Right, so the logic would typically... So obviously this is a setup so he can leave and re-enter the room obvi- over and over again, and we'll see oh, why in a second. I thought he was leaving to take a shit. That many... Three times... <laughs> <laughs> IBS is an old man. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I've got to poop. <laughs> but uh, no, so obviously, like the other teacher fell into a tuba. Okay, uh, <laughs> either way, she can't. She can't run her class today. I thought they'd it's make too a music kid road joke there, like because of Sebastian Bach. <laughs> well, they yes. are the Youth Gone Wild. I was gonna say they're gonna play Youth Gone Wild, but um. So instead of just having all the kids from her class join your music class and have one big class, the smarter idea is for you to physically run back and forth to two different classrooms. See, that's what I thought happened. I thought they were all that was just one. That was two classes in one. No, like, that's why playing. you had to keep leaving. I didn't I'm get that either. This because there would be bleed. You would hear two different bands playing. I think the point is, is it's awful writing. Oh, okay, fair. All right. We haven't reached awful writing yet. Yeah, <laughs> you've you've re- you're looking for logic where there is none, but uh. So they start playing and I can't, I don't know what it's a, this is a popular score of music, but I don't, I can't, uh, think of the name of it. I don't know if any of you do, but anyways, they're playing, um, not great, but you know what you'd expect of a high school band, I guess that's like not the band, just people in music class. No, they're playing pretty well. Yeah. For, that, that was no, my first are, problem with it is how good they are. And they're very young kids. Like, well, yeah. when they start playing the slow kind of off version of what they're playing, sounds like school where everyone got an instrument and how to practice at home like it's not great it doesn't sound pleasurable but you can identify the song but in reality they'd be doing like hot cross buns and they would be doing classical like right music. well to and be fair this school does have two music classes and two music teachers a lot of emphasis on the arts yeah uh there is no school that has that anymore that's not like juilliard at this point yeah and uh so he's conducting and he's he's really enjoying it He's like near orgasmic every time they're playing. 
um, and has to go check on the other class. So he tells him that he'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so all of a sudden, as he leaves, the band starts playing a much more fun, upbeat version of the song, and their proficiency in their instruments goes up like tenfold. And all of a sudden, it's they're such like a, a very country comfort moment because it yes, exactly with Slater with the drums. <laughs> I I. I literally, my note on that line is, this is a country comfort level of cringe. Mm-hmm. Yep. This surpasses everything we've ever covered in cringe. This be- <laughs> is worse than living single country comfort. Name uh, it. I was like, oh my God. This was pretty bad. Well, it's like, how much worse could this get? And then all of a sudden, the trumpet blows a bubblegum bubble yeah. out of it. And you're like, okay, well, fuck me. This has somehow yeah. gotten worse. <laughs> well, <laughs> the bubblegum is a balloon. <laughs> my other, yeah. yeah. My other problem with it, too, is like they let this joke run on for so long. So, okay, you want to do the gag where he leaves and they play better. And then he comes back and they go back to playing shitty. Okay. But then he leaves again and they do it all over again and for much longer. And that's when you get the bubble. You have Jesse just Jesse standing just up to get into his thing. routine. <laughs> And it was like so bizarre, and until, but I do like because as she starts dancing, one of the boys gets up to dance with her, and now because she's self conscious about her height, sits right back down. Short Danny, and was it the same? I couldn't tell if it was. The I same think it was Short Danny. Yeah, I, I Short Danny tell does have either. a good dejected face though when she like gets away from him. He definitely does like the aw shucks peanuts turn around. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. And uh, after her dance routine, this is when Screech tells Zach as well, like, "Hey, why don't you get up and show Kelly your dance moves now?" But he he words his way out of that and the teacher comes back again and again the music goes back down to how they were playing originally only this time they go fuck it and they just start playing the fast better version uh, you know with them there though this time Way which is great because they're doing it without cues they just all know when to kick in and out you'd think that the teacher would be having like massive orgasm at that point no he couldn't handle he it basically he basically like, does and fast. collapses <laughs> well he's like trying to conduct along with it and keep up but it's going too fast for him to move his arms apparently and <laughs> then all at the same time like him and all the students just pass out yeah everyone just dies <laughs> I wonder if that's how the uh, the other teacher fell into a tuba. She just couldn't keep up with them <laughs> rocking. <laughs> <She's> like, students, <laughs> students, please. <laughs> Not the tuba. <laughs> the scene is fucking hard to watch. Yeah. Yuck. It was um it was not it's it's you know the classic term on our show not to jump ahead but knowing this show and it's it is very goofy you know the show does a lot of this stuff but this was just above and beyond the level of childish type of writing that I expect from Saved by the Bell. This is what the new sh- this is what the new show mocks about the old show basically the the reboot like when they're making fun of the stuff from the past only it's like turned up to 10 it just seems so out of touch is the problem like the i i I get that we're not the demographic especially at this age like that they were going for but i I can't figure out what the demographic was apparently it was popular amongst young teenagers but i don't understand how (laughs) after seeing an episode like this what this makes me really curious for and i'm gonna have to pick it for one of my picks sometime soon but i'll space this one out because we can't do 
too many shows like this in a row. Does anybody remember the show California Dreams? Yep. Yeah, yes. it was Shitty Saved by the Bell. Yeah. yeah, it was Shitty Saved by the Bell. But the whole premise of that was they were a band, and every episode ended with them like in the garage doing a song. And I wonder how that ages. Like if it's like this, I'm sure it's awful. It was like Nickelodeon's version of uh, Saved by the Bell, right? That was a Nick show, right? I don't think I it was Nick. I think it was on like WB or was. something. Having not seen that show since its actual original run and not being a diehard of it, I will say without having to watch it that it will not hold up <laughs> it will be a bad show but one day but we will cover just thinking it. about it now i can pull most of the theme song out of my head which is so maybe their band was better perhaps although i remember a lot about zach attack if we're gonna go just into the bands i remember friends forever oh god <laughs> but uh yeah so the next scene zach is in jesse's room and he has a confession to make he can't dance he's been faking it for years i can't believe it what does that mean how do you fake dancing for years? <laughs> he talks. He's been talking a big game, and it's like whenever someone asks him to dance, he goes, "One minute, I get a shit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him. The idea of him pulling that at his wedding, where it's like, and now the couple's gonna get together for their first dance. Like, uh, I have to shit again. <laughs> He just holds up, a, like, he has a giant sheet up, and he has someone else dancing for him, and it's a silhouette of someone else dancing. It's just a Michael Jordan standee on a circular train track, like, in Home Alone. <laughs> yes. That's just what he does the whole time. Uh, one minute, I got a shit. Uh, I would have loved the montage of that happening <laughs> all the time. He, Different uh, points in his life. Yeah. That's how that's how he ended up leaving Indiana. Someone was like, Zach, you gotta dance. I'll be right back. I get a shit. And then he hopped on a train and went to California. <laughs> I'm starting my life over where people don't dance. Los Angeles. What's the, I, in the office, what was it that uh, Kevin would get nervous and just be like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so he needs Jesse to help him um, because he can't let Kelly and Slater win and have their names touching on the trophy because, you know, obviously that will lead to marriage. Yeah, he can't let them name neck. Name necking. Yeah, yeah. He says name, name necking. And uh, so Jesse agrees. And, you know, first, can I see your moves? And as expected, not good. And he goes, what do you think? And she says, I think you should go and screech. Yeah. <laughs> The dancing, yeah, was not good, but it's funny because he acknowledged that he wasn't a good dancer, but once he started dancing for her, got kind of into it and thought he was doing a good job. To be fair, his bad dancing is better than anything I've ever pulled out in my life. He does like the white guy shuffle. like Yeah. <laughs> you can't top that? I can't even do that. One, one thing the show fails to do is... I mean, this episode, um, it fails to establish that him and Jesse are lifelong friends. They've lived next to each other their whole lives. And well, stuff. they brought and it up later on. There was a point where she said, like, oh, in 11 years, you haven't like come gone. through the door. Yeah. yeah. But like I, I, they talk about it more in other episodes and I probably should have been more in the pilot. But yeah, I think it's just one of those as they go along. Like when you any show like this, you have a basic foundation of the characters and then you kind of build from there. So also, yeah, it's like, you know what you know about the show, but it's almost like they're setting up him and Jesse ending up as an item. Uh, yeah, I think this whole episode made it look. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, 
I don't want to say it about children, but there's like sexual energy or chemistry between the two of them. At one point, they oh, like absolutely. are basically grinding and longing for each other's eyes. It's weird. It's hard to watch. So in the next scene, we're in the principal's office when someone knocks at the door. Ladies and gentlemen, Casey Kasem walks in, uh, into Mr. Belding's office and he said, I'm here to talk about the dance party at the Max. Details coming up right after I return and does the little gag where he leaves and comes back in. And the kids go wild. Yeah, and the kids are like, this is classic Kasem. Oh, my this God. so Casey. Okay, um, but I just want to say this, too, is we had that whole, like, music scene, and I was like, oh, that would never happen. This is really cringe. My suspension of disbelief was even more stretched by he wouldn't be the one going to the school. He'd send some grip. Oh, yeah, he'd have a PA or something, yeah. Right, For, especially in a minute when we find out why he's there, but absolutely. So Mr. Belding tells him that he heard about the dance and asks if there's anything he could do, because he's the big bopper around here. Another very timely <laughs> reference. Another reference. Uh, to a guy who died in a plane crash like 40 years before this episode came out. That's the thing is even like though Mr. Belding is the older teacher and stuff like that or the principal, even that reference is again a little older than what need be. And then he immediately follows that up with a chubby checker yeah. reference just <laughs> yeah. to really keep it going. <laughs> Jay, do you remember the time that we saw Chubby Checker live? In his giant package. Just you can see his balls from a mile away. Biggest penis I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. The biggest so- like it wasn't hard, but it was down to his knee. And he was wearing white pants and doing the twist. And Jay and I the whole time were just laughing, being like, I can't stop looking at Chubby Checker's penis. <laughs> and then we saw him driving away that night in his tour van that was a bus that said little chubby on it. And I probably <laughs> lost years <laughs> off my life and how hard I laughed after the whole scenario. That was the day that you found out that Chubby wasn't just a clever nickname. <laughs> yeah, yes. I was like, oh, I get what this means now, yeah. Like the shitty Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> they the suck. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, Casey says that he likes to get support from the schools uh, when they do these things and building things he wants them to host the event uh, because he might have heard about him winning the 1963 Chubby Checker twist off and building dances for him. He does the twist. See, I enjoyed this scene because it makes more sense to me for the sort of out of touch, wacky principal to do a dance sing scene, right? Because you're like, oh, he's like the embarrassing, goofy guy. Right. A dated reference works for him because he's supposed to be goofy and lame. He's not like 13 or whatever. Right. Uh, they showed restraint and cue music for his twist, too. That he I know. <laughs> he twisted well, though. He did twist well. Not a bad twist. No, not, not a bad, bad twist. twist. Um, also, too, Mr. Belding, isn't he from the same town as us? I believe no. he is like a no. son no. from Winthrop. In Winthrop. No. He's from Tennessee, but uh, he spoke at one of our, not our grade, but like- My a, brother's grade. Yeah, yeah. A, a high school graduation. He lives this, in Winthrop. This shitty town, if he was no. from here, no. they'd have a fucking state statue for him in the middle of the fucking center. He lives in Winthrop in the summer. Okay, that doesn't make him from Winthrop. There's like 17 people in the town of Winthrop and we all grew up there. We would have seen Mr. Belding walking around. You know how excited I would be if I ran into Mr. Belding in Winthrop? I'm telling you, it's true. I'm telling you you're Where does he live in the shadows? No one's ever seen him? (laughs) He just hides here all summer? He actually lives in the no, fort. I, I will prove it. I will prove it. Okay, I prove it. Okay. Go ahead. We'll wait. With what? Paparazzi back. photos of him grabbing his newspaper? Like. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll be back. 
I'll be back. I think you're going to be a while. Um, the, are you pulling a Zach? <laughs> you, you leaving the thing? <laughs> I got to shit. Breaking the fourth pod. Uh, also, Mr. Belding, only two years older than we are right now in this show. Wow. Uh, yeah. That stuff's that, always weird. It's always un, like unsettling to hear those stats. I know, because he looks so... I mean, like he, I don't know what it is. We'll never really guess, Gordo. He found something to support whatever wacky so, idea he so, has. So hold on. Hold on. From Now, this is our, our comedy in Wikipedia. Dennis Haskins currently splits his time between Los Angeles and Winthrop, Massachusetts, according to his Wikipedia. That so you just edited. That you edited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he also he was kill also Whoopi, Paul Goldberg. Bear, Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> 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 I'm telling you, the man lives in Winthrop, Massachusetts. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, he's there. When he's Dennis there. Haskins is not busy spending his free time as a freelance astronaut, <laughs> he's, he's doing but, uh, the twist at Paisans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Owner of the Winthrop Pizza Center. <laughs> but, uh, okay, Eddie. So uh, Casey Gazem tells uh, Mr. Belding that he was just hoping to borrow a school banner. And yeah, going back, obviously Casey Kasem would not be the one who had to personally go to the school to ask for a banner. He would have a handler for that. Or, you know, a phone call. <laughs> and uh, he's just the host of the show. Yeah, you don't ask the host to go and do that stuff. There's a million people who work behind the scenes. But um, Belding insists on presenting it at the dance party, so he won't give him one right now. He gets a little mad here, too. He gets a little bit of a little, a little pushy, a little pushy yeah. with him. Uh, so in the next scene, Kelly walks up to Zach in the hallway at the school and she needs to know when the dance off is going to happen so she can pick who her partner is. Uh, important stuff. And he tells her the day after tomorrow. And when she asks if he's really that much better than Slater, he tells her that every summer when every other kid was out playing baseball, he was at dance camp. On what planet does that, why does that make you look cool in this instance? You know what I mean? Like that should never. The children of Bayside love dance. I guess so. I don't know. I can't wrap my head around the thought process on a lot of these are kids who while they're at school when they have lunch break go hey you want to go down the street to the diner so we can dance to the jukebox you know that cool diner the magician owns we should (laughs) all go down there i wish there was like a spinoff where like they fight the town from um footloose a (laughs) town full of dancers versus a town of (laughs) anti-dancers but uh yeah so kelly can't wait uh and she walks off and this is when he breaks the wall again um and he looks at the camera and goes why did i say that (laughs) oh i don't remember that at all yeah and screech is now going down the stairs in a top hat and tuxedo shirt uh holding a giant creepy doll it's like a giant rag doll this didn't go where i went thought it was gonna go i thought he was gonna be like i already found a partner you snooze you lose lisa and try to play that off like it was a real person i'm glad Uh, what he he ended up doing was like borderline sweet actually (laughs) but i do like that as they were crossing pad zach zach's going up the stairs as he's coming down and zach just says whatever you're doing don't (laughs) that was nice but yeah, um, Screech sees Lisa and says, my darling, be my partner and this could be you. And then he does like this little dance routine with the doll. But yeah, it's, it was, it didn't, it was like, I don't know how to, it was like endearing in a way. I mean, the audience felt the same way as you did because it got a full applause. Also, yeah. that, that was another question I wanted to poll you guys on. Laugh track or live audience? Because uh, Live audience. I was thinking laugh track, but I could see it going either way. I think from what I actually know of the show, I'm almost positive it's a live audience. 
Yeah, I thought it was a live audience. I just wonder if it is a live audience, what the demographics of it were. Imagine if you were just like, you get tickets for Universal Studios for the day. It's like a bunch of like 45-year-olds who are just like, oh, I didn't get on the prices right. But like, come on in and watch Saved by the Bell. Wow, you see that Slater kid? He really can move. <laughs> if it's an adult audience, they shouldn't be finding any of this funny, right? Uh, maybe the little kid dancing with the doll. Who knows? I could see it either way, canned or an audience. It's 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 hard. It's really hard to say because the jokes are so unfunny and they, also, they're cracking up. Also, Screech <laughs> fucked that doll, right? <laughs> <laughs> went upstairs and. Uh, Joe would know he watches his all of his sex, sex tapes. tapes. First Yo, of all, does the doll all make a cameo? He only has one. So and... you, but you have watched all of them then. <laughs> Touché. I guess that's fair. <laughs> have you watched all of it? No. I don't believe you. <laughs> he finished early. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw yeah. the you first make four minutes. Through. Yeah. <laughs> the first 30 seconds. And then after Screech does this, you hear, forget it, Screech. She's already going with me. Uh, this creepy dude. Uh, let me restart. And then as soon as Screech asks, this guy walks up and just goes, forget it, Screech. She's already going with me. And uh, she said, sorry, Screech. He asked me this morning. And Screech asked her fucking the moment this thing was announced. Yep. And that's why yeah. when, when the thing happens later in the episode, I don't fucking feel You're supposed to feel bad for her? No, you bitch. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. The second the telegram showed up at the max, Screech was like, Lisa, will you go with me? <laughs> I know we talked about this like an hour ago, but the fact that you just used the sentence, the second the telegram, can't <laughs> 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 fucking handle it. As soon as the Morse code popped up. Zach Morse code. Ooh. Hey. Well, that's a good one. Oddly enough, Morse code is like still used. Beep, it's telegrams beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Is this the same kid, short Danny? No. No, no. No, this no, no, is, no. Uh, This is regular size Devin. D- yeah. He look, they look similar. I don't know. They look like NPCs. Like, they just look interchangeable. NPCs? Non-playable characters. Oh. The video game term. I uh, gotcha. I didn't know that either. Okay. Um. So as he walks off, he talks to the doll and says, this is all your fault. I told you to let me lead. Um. He then went and fucked that doll yeah. <laughs> immediately. I will say, like, him using the doll as a prop to dance is one thing. Him speaking to it, I guess, is just to be comedic afterwards, but that's more creepy to me than him having it for the routine. Hey, I mean, it. Hey, hey. And then, um, hey. so, well said. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is the part of the night where Gorda speaks in grunts and moans. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we, we get to Jesse's, and her and Zach are practicing the routine, um, a little bit that's seemingly going okay and then she's like oh i have this new move that i just invented <laughs> and when she said that i was like this sounds like something my niece would say she's five years old like yeah, i just invented this <laughs> yeah oh, you wait you didn't think that before 1989 on this sitcom somebody had invented the dance move where you put one foot to the left and then put your other foot in front <laughs> yeah. of it and then repeat because it's a really basically the steward dance look what i can do yeah <laughs> Um, but then she shows him this dance move and then he joins in fairly successfully other than, um, falling over the bed, which is a little physical gag that they did. Physical gag, but a way to get him on the bed. Yeah. That's where I thought this was going. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Well, you know what I noticed is when he fell over the bed, you could see she has like a little bench near her bed and she has a big creepy doll that looks like Screech's. Maybe oh, it's the I same one. The big creepy doll looks like Screech. It's like no, her, no, no. It's her voodoo doll. <laughs> she has a Screech sex doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so they take a, a break from their dance routine to um have like a water break 
And Zach tells Jesse how good she is at dancing. And she's like, oh, thanks. I used to go to dance camp as a kid. And he's like, they actually have those? Which is, <laughs> I thought, a nice callback to his uh, earlier when he told Kelly that he went to dance uh, camp. I like how prepared she was. She has like a little igloo cooler in her room. Who has that many towels, by the way, in their room? Me, they're just not clean. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel there's like a few different ways we could go with the towels under the bed or something, but... <laughs> But I mean, seriously, like it was like, oh, here's like a spa day. Like here's two bottles. Like she pulled two bottles of water and two towels out of the same box. She does a lot of dancing. So. And a lot of speed. Uh, not yet. <laughs> Maybe they keep the linen closet in her room. Oh, clearly yeah. not because it's a small box. It's not closet. No, no, the box, box she pulls the water out of. That's a cooler. But she also pulled the towels out too. I don't think the towels were in the cooler. Like a spa. So also Jesse, who's like the smart, always prepared one. She knew they were having a dance lesson. She probably just got the stuff. Yeah, that's where I packed a couple between. little things. Yeah. I would say I'm going to go back and rewatch the check, but I'm just not. So You're we're not gonna going to have to just go with <laughs> comment on this if, if you think something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Think so anything at all, <laughs> s1e1pod.com, tell us your thoughts. So while they're taking their break from uh, dancing, Zach says to her, I can't believe you're not entering the contest. And she's like, no, it's not a big deal. And he asks her, you're not into some strange religion, are you? <laughs> I thought was was, uh, I don't know, it was funny. It was weird. It was kind of weird for this kind of level of humor to go into like culty religions. Well, I think we've been making the joke about Footloose a bunch. I think that's what that was in reference to. Oh, yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. It even clicked to me. I don't think I've ever seen Footloose. It's good. I've seen both versions. The shitty remake and oh, the remake. Remake. Of course there was a remake. But uh, so when she says no to that question, he goes, well, what's the problem? And she just goes, Zach, I don't want to talk about it, okay? Like, it's this tragic issue yeah you think it's gonna be something super serious i'm so like, yeah. excited my mom was killed by a rogue dancer or something <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? yeah. but, but then then we fade into a dream sequence and it's like she's talking to a boy who asks her to go to the dance and she says she can't because she keeps growing and she is getting larger and larger as this goes along and ultimately three different boys approach her one at a time in this dream and she just keeps getting taller and taller and taller until she's this massive giant was it making the whoop noise yeah. or did i superimpose that in my brain i think there was it makes a noise some sort of a sound does it like a whoop like every time she gets bigger and bigger uh, maybe this is like a weird like Raoul doll nightmare well like in general though what the fuck is going on what a weird transit like this dream sequence thing that pops up in the middle of nowhere yeah, it's uh, like she gets like a thousand yard stare and it's like remember that time i grew <laughs> <laughs> and the dream is just like them in like yeah in like standing in like this black abyss of nothingness like it's just them just just two people standing with with no uh they're like in a lost void I have those dreams all the time. Too tall. Do you really? Sorry, yeah. I meant to say this early. Do you guys notice um, a lot of the scenes just end and immediately go to the next scene? There's no transition or anything. Like, early, even after the band one, it just immediately cuts to the next scene. I'm like, that's really weirdly Especially edited. for this era of TV where, like, the like the star wipes and shit were, like, so predominant yeah. and new. It was weird to see that they didn't do anything like that. No music yeah. cue, no star wipe, no anything. Just next scene, next scene, next scene. That does come back in the show later. Well, I think what this is, is I think it's showing you 
uh, more proof that it probably is in front of a live studio audience and that they're going like set to set. And um, they are kind of awkward, abrupt transitions at times, but I think that's kind of what's going on is they're just in one big studio. If I do remember from later on in the show, though, I do remember like dun, 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 sort of transition noise, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. They use a little bit of it here, but yeah, not as much. And and then when we get out of this dream sequence, she says, you know, Zach, I do have a problem. I'm too tall. You don't know what it's like to be a freak. Taller than all the boys, the jokes, the looks, the whispers. I just want to tell you, like, point out, too, that this is seconds later. She goes, I can't tell you. I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I really can't tell you about this thing I'm about to say to you right now. But then she does open up and she's like telling Zach about all her insecurities. And then he replies with, at least you're the first person to know when it rains. It's like, she just told you about something that's like deeply bothering her and how, and how like much this is affecting her. And yeah, and you basically said, how's the weather up there, Tali? Exactly. Like, fuck off, dude. You should have said, I think tall chicks are sexy. That's what I would have said. <laughs> well, then um, he does try to console her by saying, you know, there's lots of guys taller than you. And she goes, name one. And it's the name I knew was going to come out of yeah, his mouth. Yeah, you can say it coming. Yeah. Yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> but at least at that point, he was only a recently retired basketball player. He wasn't fucking, it wasn't a chubby checker or big bopper reference. Yeah, I'm trying, I guess they could have went with uh, Wilt Chamberlain if they wanted to keep it old. And that actually would have still was worked. Was Shaq around? No, Not, you know, he started eight, like 93-ish, I think. Yeah. Actually, Kareem retired in 89, so in theory, he uh, was still playing at this uh, time. all right. Yeah. He was also in movies and shit. He, he was still like well-known. Oh, yeah. yeah. He ends up on an episode of Full House later on. He's been around doing all sorts of acting stuff at this point. He was in uh, Dodge uh, Basketball. He was also oh, yeah. in Airplane, too, wasn't he? He was also yep. in um a, some airplane, yeah. like Outbreak movie. I can't remember what it was. Uh, outbreak? <laughs> might have been Outbreak, honestly, yeah. Um, I just remember that, him being I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he's in an episode of Fresh Off the Boat, too, and Shaq, but Th- I'm pretty does sure. Does he always play, is, but is he one of those guys who always just plays Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and everything? Yeah, I mean, who Probably. else? Well, not even in airplane. airplane, he plays Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> not playing himself. <laughs> You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> the, the next scene is, uh, you brought up earlier, this is um, the men's locker room now, and Screech and Slater in there together. Screech is just upset about Lisa going to the dance with another guy. And Slater tells him, you know, I heard if she wasn't going to the dance with Byron, she was going to go with you. And he's like, yeah, I started that rumor. <laughs> That See, that, that was a decent joke. I got a chuckle out of that. Yeah. And uh, so they go to the, like, the bench that's in there, and they're sitting like side by side, and Slater tells him, you know, maybe it's time to start looking for another girl. But Screech has been kind of longing for Lisa since kindergarten. He said ever since he glued his face to her back. <laughs> is it ever established what grade they're in? It's not. No, I don't think it is, no. actually. No. High, it's just high school and they didn't really distinguish but they were there for some time so i guess that's probably by design too because like if a show lasts longer than x amount of years you would have have to have left high school if you were a junior on the show you know what i mean so they probably leave it ambiguous it's kind of like the genius move of the goldbergs where they say every episode like it was august 27th 1980 something and that way they can pull references from the 80s right yeah at any year and you're just kind of living in a world, but you're never like, it would be 1990 by now. This show's yeah. bullshit. So uh, Screech continues to open up to him. So Slater eventually like pulls his arm around him to kind of console him until another kid is about to walk by. So he slides away from Screech, letting Screech just kind of fall to his side on the bench. 
Yeah, they can't resist doing like the ear gay joke, yeah. which ages so fucking poorly. Boys can't hug. Yeah, it's just like it's just like it's so insane that this is for kids, but it's like, oh, these ten year olds will understand this. Like, this seems like a real shitty thing. To I do think you're reading it wrong. I think Slade is like 33 there, and he's in a boys' locker room. He doesn't want to catch a case <laughs> hugging a young boy in the <laughs> locker room. Slater is basically just doing a um, Johnny Depp cop show uh, scenario. He's not uh, Jump actually Street. a teenager. Yeah, thank you, Jump Street. He's uh, he's actually undercover right now, which would explain why he has man's muscles. If we let Joe go on, if you didn't give him the name of the show, Joe is close to doing another Tony the Tiger Flakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to go somewhere weird. Yeah. I'm sorry I took that away from you, audience. <laughs> what was that show, Copy Jump Jump? <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch Copy Jump Jump. But uh, after that, we go back to Jesse's and Zach knocks on the door. We uh, we talked about this earlier, too. And um, Jesse was surprised by that because it was the first time in the last 11 years that he didn't go through the window. And he said there was a special reason and he hands her flowers. And she says, they're beautiful. We have the same kind growing in our yard. He goes, not anymore. Again, this is good writing, too. It's like, it's so few and far between that there's, like, clever things. And it's not that smart. But compared to everything else, you're like, wow. (laughs) Well, going from we have flowers like that, not anymore, right? That is a real joke with thought in it. And you juxtapose that to, did that tuba just blow a bubble? Like, it's (laughs) worlds apart in tone. Did Fat Tony blow out the teacher? (laughs) <laughs> between fat tony and fucking regular size devin and short steven or the fuck's going on here this whole thing is out of control it's um this was definitely a point where it looked like zach and jesse were meant to be together mm-hmm. this is the real yeah yeah romantic tension scene and i think this is maybe one of those cases where using not the original first episode and sliding it forward changes the whole tone right because if this was episode five or six and we've already established that zach is obsessed with kelly then it it doesn't really mean much but to most people this is your first time watching them so this looks like the setup this is the obvious direction for the love interest is zach and jesse because you're seeing them bond and you're not seeing him bond with kelly at all or really even pursuing her that hard so it's weird to have this be episode one because it it would change your perception of what's supposed to happen versus Agreed. if this was later on. Agreed. Yeah, it's like we, we we bring up the will they, won't they so often on this show for every sitcom we've ever covered. And like, this is another one that just abruptly ends the, <laughs> the one yeah. episode. Does it? I mean, I feel like it gets explored later on in the show, though, right? Like, I no, feel like he there dates has to be everybody moments. but her. He dates Lisa at one point. It's like a big deal. And then the very next episode, they're not dating anymore either. <laughs> dates Kelly. Yeah, because then she goes, she's with Slater the rest of the time right yeah yes do we ever figure out what slater's real name is or what does ac stand for i know it's not it's air something it's albert albert it, clifford yeah albert, albert clifford. clifford we find out when like there's like the girl from like when he was bouncing around in the military that he used to date like showed back up but that's jumping far oh, far ahead yes 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 um so he uh he said that the flowers are a thank you for helping him and she tells him well we're not done yet we still have one more lesson yeah the horizontal shuffle <laughs> <laughs> They are like 15 years You're old. You're not going to you have any flowers you in your garden later. You're making child sex jokes. You can't make child sex jokes. They're adults now. Now? That's not how yeah, that works. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. I'm waiting for Ferg to go 90. He's so badly right now. 89. <laughs> so, uh, so 
Anyways, as um, they're going to go and do their final dance lesson, Jesse puts the flowers in a random empty vase that she already had in her room. 90s. I feel like that's, mm-hmm. like, if it was in Zach's room, if it was, like, a random empty vase, it would be, like, a bong, or it'd be, like, later on that night, he, like, doesn't want to get out of bed and pisses in it. Like, it's just a different thing when it's a girl's room at that age than a guy's. Just with a e- random empty vase just sitting there. But she tells him, pretend I'm Kelly. Oh, Zach, help me choose between you and Slater. And they start doing a like ballroom dance routine as most high school kids would be doing. And um, but they do have their romantic flower transfer. Like she grabs the one of the flowers, tosses it in his mouth the long stem, and then they get close, and then she bites the stem while he has it in his mouth and transfers it. I was like, this is a little, this is a little romantic for these kids, and it's Very not, it doesn't family. even. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't fit the tone of high school students who have like a dance competition. They're supposed to be learning like the cool new whatever music video dances out, not like, not, not like ballroom it's so dancing. Normal. It doesn't fit the tone of high school students who have a dance competition. Magic <laughs> like, yeah. You like put so much emphasis on the fact that that was a real thing. <laughs> Hosted by Casey Kasem, nonetheless. (laughs) Yes, but now they're doing a dance routine that's even predating Casey Kasem's rise of fame. Like, it's. You gotta learn the basics first, man. I guess. And uh, it ends with that. They do like the little dance thing, and it kind of just stops right there and then cuts back into the hallway at school where Lisa walks up to all of uh, her friends, basically, everyone we, we know so far. And she's got an air cast on and she's walking with crutches. So uh, apparently she sprained her ankle because she kicked the TV when she saw a new Revlon commercial that discontinued her nail polish. What commercial advertises something you don't have? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Attention, Lisa. We'll no longer be making yeah. cherry red like motherfucker. <laughs> it, it's check out the new Revlon lineup. And here's a quick reminder of what's no longer here. <laughs> Hope you don't like any of these. This is so insane. And you kick a television? I mean, has anybody here ever kicked a TV? Well, to be fair, <laughs> no, no TV anybody was going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> Listen, the TV fell on me, number one, and it broke my ankle. <laughs> I have never laughed that hard my entire life. Number two, back in the day, those TVs were very big. The cathode ray tubes. Yeah, the CRT TVs are big and heavy. Or you were also we're... responsible for a hotel room television <laughs> breaking, too. I was not responsible for that breaking, my friend. You paid for it. I did not pay for it. One of the smartest moves Mike Gordon ever did was make somebody sign a contract saying if they break anything in the room, <laughs> they pay for it. And that kid that did pay went for to itself, an ATM yeah. and took out the money and paid your mom <laughs> for that money. Just saying. It was great the next day. Gordo had somebody in the hotel and he broke a TV. It's like a fucking course he did. Why? I don't even need to know the story. Dick? Yes, I didn't pay <laughs> lips, hips, tits, dick. <laughs> anyways, moving we're on. We're a neighborhood superstar. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So as she's telling everyone about what happened, her partner for the dance, Byron, walks up, who Joe keeps calling Devin. And... <laughs> 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 That was not that was not me trying to be funny. I had it written down that his name is yeah. Evan. Uh, <laughs> this is Greg, the dance partner. <laughs> so uh so Byron walks up and he's like, Lisa, this is terrible. I feel awful. She's like, Don't worry about it, Byron, I'll be okay. He's like, Yeah, but can you dance on that ankle? <laughs> 
It's like the doctor said, there's a chance. He's like, a chance? Well, I can't take that chance. I really want to win this contest. Byron, what are you saying? I'm going to have to go with my backup, Dee Dee Garrison. How could you do that to me? <laughs> like, like, what a, first off, what a dick. <laughs> but this did dance contest means the, so much to him. Did they no. explain what the prize was if you win? Never no, once no. did they, never Fame, once did they tell you what fortune. Well, we established that there was a trophy at least. You yeah. name neck. <laughs> you get the name neck. I'm sorry. I need the trophy. Didi, get back here. Also, how low is the self-esteem of Didi, who's sitting in the wings as the backup? I just picture Didi, this dude I- losing the dance competition and his dad beating him for not coming over <laughs> yeah. with the trophy. Oh, yeah. His dad is Kevin like- Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> we Bacon's dance. Damn it. Yeah, Didi Garrison's just waiting in the shadows just in case Lisa happens to sprain her ankle. <laughs> Maybe Didi cuts the one made the commercial but i like that uh this is when all her guy friends gang up against byron (laughs) and slater just goes hey let's pants him no it was uh zach who says let's pants him and uh slater goes better start running now punk or there's gonna be a full moon (laughs) so they were gonna pants him to skin in the middle of the hallway (laughs) they were gonna pull this kid's dick out he was going to be like JPing at a urinal. With his pants <laughs> all the way. <laughs> <Old> Jay Petto. <laughs> I just want to clarify again for those of you listening uh, who haven't heard of past episodes something I did when I was much younger. Not something I do today. Much younger being age 32, no. not 35. <laughs> like, I was like 21. I was in my early 20s. When I was 21! That's still a full adult. I think if I, I was a listener who didn't know you, I would have expected like 10 or 11. <laughs> <laughs> I was 21. <laughs> As a friend that did know you, I was I was at a bar 12. with a full beard. <laughs> for those of you who are just listening to us for the first time, I used to drink a lot when I was younger and pull his pants full down to his ankles when he'd pee in crowded clubs it's still funny it's just you can get a lot of trouble so you can't do it anymore but uh so i do like them standing up for her though yeah they all gang up and they yeah, run the nice kid off close. It's their real friendship and stuff and uh and screech jumps into a little bit obviously not as intimidating hold me back slater yeah he, he grabs slater's arm and puts it in front of him he's like hold me back hold me back and uh, Kelly tells Zach, this is the big moment. Uh, she is very excited, clearly, because he's holding a boombox um, and tells him to dance for her so she can decide between him and Slater and does like this hair flip, which is followed by Jesse, who's right behind her, who sarcastically kind of does the same hair flip, which uh, got like a little bit of a laugh out of Zach. And that's when he tells Kelly to just do herself a favor and go to the dance with Slater and they're confused and Slater wants to know what his angle is here but Zach informs him that he was actually going to just take Jesse to the dance by the way Kelly seems incredibly insulted by this yeah no, I wrote yeah, that she down she seems too. offended for sure Kelly's like oh if that's what you want come on Slater let's go practice and she gives him like an evil glare it's like aren't you all friends why would he it, you couldn't decide which one you want. I think she just was really excited for the also, dance competition. Also, she, she's the one putting two friends against each other for her affection. She <laughs> liked the idea of a duel. Um, but yeah, now your friend also has someone to go to the dance with, and you guys could all hang out together there. So, 
But now, now the two of them don't fight over her anymore, so she doesn't like that. I don't know. We've all never been pitted against each other with such high stakes as being in a dance-off hosted by Casey Kasem. Does crazy really things feel like to we have to get a trophy now and have some sort of competition for all of us to receive said trophy. For Koto, stop planning your flash, your flash mob dance. <laughs> <laughs> I already got it. We'll all be right behind you. And now, Kevin Turkey Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so as... Kelly and Slater walk off to start practicing, apparently, in the school. Zach asks, Jesse, will you go with me? And she says, um, you know, I'd love to be your partner. And she kind of slouches to be shorter than him. And he says, didn't your mother ever tell you not to slouch? You're much prettier when you stand up straight. So, again, like I said, if this is episode one, how are you not to think that these two are supposed They actually have chemistry. Right. It doesn't make sense for Kelly to be so offended because you never really see, aside from him making a joke about, like, kissing first, that's a good idea. Like, there's no really interactions with them at all. No, he just, he obviously has a thing for her, but he doesn't act on it much. He doesn't talk about it much. He kind of told Jesse a little bit, but it was more just the idea of not wanting her to end up with Slater. Didn't even seem like he wanted to be with her. It was just kind of the jealousy of her picking someone over him. Agreed. So uh, so the next scene is we're back at the max. Now we're finally here. This is that big dance competition that we've been building to the whole time. And first off, I, I mean, I want to see how much this reminded me of all the times when I was a kid and I would watch high school dance competitions on TV. So it was really <laughs> fun to see that. It was. I mean, who doesn't remember our neighborhood malt shop? Yeah, I would always go home early and be like, ooh, the big nationally televised dance competition at a diner is airing on television today. I got to make sure I go home. This whole scene with the kids dance and Casey Kasem in it just makes me feel like it's a t- it's a commercial for like a 15 CD set that would have been on at three in the morning when we were kids. Like a kid's you know? style, yeah. 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 Malt, malt shop classics. Yeah, like malt shop memories or whatever. Like, who can remember this one from Freddy and the Dreamers? Like that's, <laughs> you know, there's nothing else on it two in the morning and you're like, I guess we'll watch this for a while. Except if it's the Saved by the Bell universe, it's yeah. such hits as... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh everyone's dancing uh off beat to fake music that's playing again uh much like the beginning of the episode and then this is when the magic waiter shows up and he says it's now my pleasure to introduce you the star of dance party let's give him a big hand and picks up a giant prop big hand which is Joe's favorite type of humor, usually. I do. I did really like this. It made me think of the, remember that TV show, Make Me Laugh? That was on Comedy yeah, Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one comedian who was a prop comedian. He had like the trunk and one Carrot Top? Just... Carrot Top? No, it was, it was not Carrot Top. I wish it was Carrot Top. Pulled out I know who he... you're talking about. I can't think of his name either. Yeah. Yeah. He pulled out a giant thing of rope that he had cut up and said, Frayed Not. And uh, this seemed to me think of that. And then I laughed for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I gotta go find old episodes of that stupid show now. But yeah. And then. um. To continue, says the golden voice from the golden state, Casey Kasem. And that's the second time he did that. He does the and, accent. And I thought, once is enough, maybe don't do it the first time, save it for this time. But he did it the exact same way, made the same face both times he did it. And it just, I don't know. I don't know why it bothered me, yeah, but you, it bothered you, you me. You think for being a magician, he'd be a better showman. Or a better magician. Or not a weird, creepy guy. who He's a great magician, magician damn it. His magic was sound. He made those charges disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy, man. He's just cast to be the 
the, the zany magician. <laughs> They're painting him in a really dangerous light. <laughs> There's no other light to paint the magician waiter who hangs out with children all day. Well, moving right along, uh, Casey Kasem then starts off by presenting Big Bopper Belding, who finally gives him the banner. And uh, Casey cuts it off kind of right after that. I feel like it was also like a non-televised, like he pretended it was being aired for Belding's sake, but it wasn't because then he goes into, all right, everyone just, just sit around for a minute and you know, we're going to get ready. And in that time, Belding doesn't want to give up the microphone and they kind of have like this back and forth kind of tug of war moment with the mic where uh, Belding doesn't want to give it up. He wants to be part of this uh, broadcast. This also is weird, too, because all the kids clap for the principal, which seems ultimately not uh, realistic either, right? Like, if you were 15 or whatever, and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, you're principal, we'd all be like, when we were 15 especially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not so strange the worst kids. At the, for the pilot episode, because his character isn't established as, like, them all, like, not getting along yet. Like, yeah, because they have a great relationship. It would make sense if you knew the characters more that they did clap. If you were just going into this, you'd be like, kids wouldn't do that. Yeah. Or average kids. So then they skip ahead a little bit to later in the dance-off where Casey announces the three finalists are all going to dance for us one more time so we can determine the winner by your applause. And we cut to Max, who's, um, I think the first time they actually addressed him by name. So this would be the first time that you knew he was Max, Hmm. the owner of the Max. So uh, just like a weird little thing that I kind of caught there, but... He has this weird clap hat on where two hands will clap over like his head on a baseball cap if he pulls out a string and he has the applause. I remember those. Yeah, no, those actually existed. <laughs> I feel like there's definitely like a Joey Gladstone wears one for a gag he or something. He definitely wears yeah. one on an episode. That is something that like you would have been able to get at Spencer Gifts in the 90s. Yeah, I'm sure if you were to look up, we could probably find those for sale. I'm sure we can find somebody who like blow the dust off an old dead stock box. Oh, yeah. I just want to say it bothers me, too, though, uh, for the dance competition, you cut to like the final round. So everybody at this point has already seen every contestant. So it kind of takes the... I have a problem with that, with the third and final contestant. So we'll get to that in a minute, but for that reason. So uh, the first finalist, the Spandex Twins. Kelly Kapowski and A.C. Slater. <laughs> the amazing spandex twins. Okay. So they come out and they do a routine. And yeah, they are. He, well, he is definitely in spandex. He, it's a weird like red shorts tank red spandex combo with kind of like a bedazzled thing on the side. Very much looks like, like a lightning like a, bolt or something. Yeah. He looks like a, <laughs> like a cheap independent wrestler. No, he looks like a Richard Simmons. <laughs> yeah. I can get, I can see like the fitness vibe too. Yeah, Richard uh, Simmons is a really good call, actually, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Kelly's wearing something that's kind of more of a dance recital type ensemble, and they do their dance routine, which is decent. They do, and again, it's it's very like, I know this show came out years and years later, but it has a Dancing with the Stars vibe. They're doing kind of low-grade versions of classical dance routines. Uh, so they do theirs, and the applaudometer goes up to, it was like, what, around 95 or something when they did theirs. And then next up are the powerhouse preppies, Zach Morris and Jesse Spano, which I think he says like Spano or something. He, he said it weird. And they do their routine, which featured zero of the dance moves that, that she they showed him on, throughout yeah. the episode. Also, Zach is a preppy and AC Slater calls him as such often, but I don't get preppy from uh, 
Elizabeth Berkeley at all from Jesse. She's like a hippie. That's not really established yet, though. Not in episode one. They don't no, touch on that. She's not the full blown feminist, like. With but if you look, stuff, if man. you look in her room, though, aside from the Cure poster, which is pretty sweet, it's like a Give Peace a Chance poster. There's a anti nuclear radiation poster on the wall. So just the little bits you get from her, she doesn't seem like she's a preppy. She seems like she's at least a more socially. Active it doesn't matter person. though because Zach is, and everything is always all about Zach. Well, that's we haven't had, ha- yes, that's true. We haven't had one of these in this episode and we kind of always do it. What kind of posters did you guys have in your rooms when you were in high school? I want to talk about it. <laughs> 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 now you um, have to. I had a sweet Limp Biscuit $3 bill y'all one on my wall <laughs> and a, a Dragon Ball wall screw. <laughs> <laughs> I had two Rage Against the Machine wall screws, of course, a Godsmack one, uh, Metallica. Um, I think a, a, f- a football one too. It was it was nothing. I had a Pamela Anderson Baywatch one. <laughs> My only girl poster was that one that was like I never liked the ones that were yeah. I remember that actually. Yeah, it was like just that. a two. It was just like two brunette girls like laying in a bed in like a t shirt in their underwear. Just like I don't even know if they're actually kissing in the post. I don't remember anymore. But I never liked the ones that were like. In my mind, they were. <laughs> <laughs> when I go to sleep every night. The 90s ones that were like terribly 90s that were always just blonde girls with like the super plasticky big tits. And it would be like work hard and they'd have a hard hat on with their butt crack out and stuff. <laughs> like I never, I never liked those ones. Those were always like too much for me. If there's always people would have ones that were like just like a bunch of girls sitting on like a girder on a building, but they their butt cracks, but their butt cracks yeah. were out. <laughs> it's like this seems terribly uh, not efficient for this construction project, but I guess sure. I think I also had a Army of Darkness poster, um, uh, Iron Maiden, Fear room. of the Dark. I had a a bunch of them, a Rocky poster, a Goodfellas poster. I think you had a Beastie Boys poster. I might have. A lot of stuff circled through over time. Joe Gordo, anything interesting that you guys had up on the walls? I don't remember anything that I had up on the walls. Nothing? Lots of flyers and... <laughs> yeah, I had flyers. I remember stuff. you had a Jeff Gordon poster. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I had a NASCAR, a couple of NASCAR posters, and I think one of them was Jeff Gordon. I think the other one was like Dale Earnhardt, the Intimidator. But yeah, no, definitely, I think Jeff Gordon gives the Gordon connection. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon connection. Well, why didn't you have a Gordon Gecko poster? Who the fuck is Gordon Gecko? Wall Street. Come on, man. Oh, I just remembered a weird one I had about Wall in high school. Uh, we stole, was it Libby Levy or somebody stole the giant Kill Bill that was like oh I remember sticky that. Yeah. glued to the side of a blockbuster, so one yeah. whole wall was just Uma Thurman in my room. <laughs> you did have quite a thing for Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. I did for sure. But uh, so, yeah. So the powerhouse preppies do their dance routine, and they're wearing these like polka dot sweater vests, and I had pogs on my wall. <laughs> why are we going back to it and why was that the answer like you glued them to the wall no they were in like you know you had like a sheet of pucks and they were in, in like high school plastic. yeah yeah man i think i know what he's talking about they had like these like sheets of them that yeah like you would get with like like similar to like trading cards and stuff i couldn't tell you what was on the pogs but i had pogs i specifically remember pogs i saying pogs if we were in high school, pogs at that point were uh, like out of circulation for Way like, out of four or five years. 
<laughs> I imagine they were all just the OJ ones that said, don't squeeze the juice. <laughs> those whatever. were slammers. By yeah, the bar. slammer was a guilty, not guilty. One side, there was bars. Yes. I think they were all Alf Pug. No, but <laughs> remember I remember Alf. He's back in Pog form. Uh, no, but they, I do remember having Pogs. Yeah, Pogs. <laughs> yeah, I want to count how many times he said Pogs in the last few minutes. And all but, fairness, uh, I think he realized it bothered Joe, so he started upping it and saying it yeah, really No, it was just it. one sheet. And like I said, I don't remember what, what the theme of the sheet of pogs were, but they were pogs for sure. Well, all right. So uh, <laughs> so Jesse and Zach do their dance. Again, like I said, they did none of the dances uh, that they have been practicing all this time, which seems foolish because they had weeks of practice uh, with the two of them and went with a totally different routine. But uh, the, the applause meter goes for them now, and they get to about a 90, so not as high as uh, Slater and Kelly, but they seem really excited. I don't know if they're aware that they lost already. I didn't notice. I thought they were exactly the same. No, it was lower, because um, I checked back to get like the right numbers. I probably should have, but I didn't. And uh, for the final couple, with the new dance that they call The Sprain, Screech Powers and Lisa Turtle. Uh, they do not have matching outfits, and they come out and they do this dance where uh, Lisa comes out with her crutches and drops them, and she's just kind of hopping on one foot because her ankle's taped up. And as a man who has sprained my ankles, both of them at different times, even that would be very, very. If you're, if you're like have a very sprained ankle, like freshly, you cannot hop on one foot at any point in time like that. Did anybody else like have a overwhelming feeling or overwhelming urge to punch a twelve-year-old when Screech was dancing? When he's just like flailing, around. he's not near her enough to like. He just looks like he's in the background dancing. No, he's like such a sweetheart. So like getting agitated by him in that. But like, scene. He's, yeah. it's not. It's not win-worthy dancing. That's what's no. aggravating. None of it no. is. And also, why is this TV show thirty-eight seconds long? Well, like, this, <laughs> they cut to the final round. We missed that all that means that they already oh, danced okay. once. But that's my problem. And Ferg kind of alluded to it earlier. This is a whole, they're debuting this new dance called The Sprain. What do they do in the earlier rounds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what this is equal to, though? It's like those sporting videos where they let like a disabled person score a touchdown. Yeah. Um, someone who's like typically not a member of the team, but they let them like suit up for to give them their moment. Like everyone feels bad that Lisa's got a broken angle, even though she did it to herself. <laughs> that is part of it, too. When you look at when you dissect it, right, because Screech is like such a nice kid. He just he he just genuinely really likes Lisa. She turned him down. Was going to go with this dickhead Byron, Devin, and uh, he then bails on her because she gets hurt. And then she just diverts back to Screech, who willingly takes her on, you know, immediately. Uh, yeah, she got hurt because of her own wrongdoing because she acted like a child. Um, but I'm it's the feel good story. Poorly did the rest of Bayside dance that these, this friend group all got to the finals and everybody else got eliminated. So badly that it got cut from the episode. <laughs> This yeah. is what I think is great about, uh, like, so say the Shawshank Redemption, right? There's that scene where it's like, wouldn't you know that some people that I know got picked to go up and do the work roof? It only cost us a pack of cigarettes a person, blah, 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 right? Like, it makes sense that these people all get to be in these situations together because they're paying to do so. In TV shows like this, it does not make sense that, oh, these five people just always seem to end up together and at the top of the heap for everything, right? Because that's not how school works or how They always works. talk about how, like, popular they all are, but they only hang out with each other. So, <laughs> how, how I don't know how popular they, they really are. Yeah, there's no, 
they're never like king of the school and there's like a huge friend group. It's like these five weirdos who are like They're a, very much in their own bubble at all yeah. times, yeah. But yeah, when they when they conclude their sprain dance where with her just hopping around while Screech dances around her, everyone starts cheering like crazy. And you even have Slater and Zach who have been competing against each other this whole episode, you know, encouraging everyone around them you know, holding their arms up to get people to cheer even louder. And um, that gets the applause meter all the way to a perfect, like, 100. The thing's completely full. That goes back to what you said earlier, though. Zach lost. So maybe he's like, it'll take it'll take the spotlight off me losing if, if they win. Hey, everyone, go! If, if we all root for them, then Slater doesn't win. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and uh, Casey Kasem announces uh, them as the winners as this is happening. And says, uh, well, that's a good night from us here at Dance Party, everybody. Till next time, this is Casey Kasem saying, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Come on, everybody. Let's do the sprain. And then everyone just starts hopping around the max. <laughs> I do I do enjoy that scene, though. Also, the sprain is a good band name. Uh, I looked it up and nobody has that yet. So anybody out there who's looking to name their band, it's hard to find just the blanks names these days. Not the sprains, plural, but the sprains. Trademark S1A1, though. So uh, if you want it, you got to pay up. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. We, 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 in, in that moment, we trademarked it. Well, that's our it's in-house band. The Musical guest, the sprain. <laughs> like, that's our thing. <laughs> the Oneaters. Oh, I love the Oneaters. They're playing at Villa Pianos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how that episode concluded. And it was, you know, to go back, like I said, this is a show that's clearly geared for kids. Um, I think it's very weird that they aired it on a Sunday night originally, but that wasn't how they did the whole run. It was just this one episode. But that's the conclusion of um, episode one of Saved by the Bell, uh, Dancing to the Max. Anything else you guys want to touch on as far as Saved by the Bell goes before we move on? I think we were pretty thoroughly analytical for a children's show from 30 years ago. All right, well, uh, let's just jump right into it. I'm going to go in the order I see you in. Ferg, I'm going to start with you. Oh, boy. Um, Big cringe fest. Um, I've canceled shows for one cringy scene. This is a show that is just one giant cringy scene. Um, It's like looking at a car accident, but I'm so intrigued. (laughs) How much weirder they get. So I'm going to green light it. Wow. Okay. Unexpected uh, twist of events from Ferg. Nick, you're next. So um, I this one was a little tough because I was feel I feel like I was getting caught up in uh, the rest of the show that I've seen so much of. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time now. This sh- this episode sucked. Like I did not like it, and I'm canceling it for that reason. And I was thinking about green lighting it, and then I realized I was being unfair because maybe I'm thinking too much about the future of the show. And then I realized the future of the show probably sucks too, and I just don't remember it because I haven't seen it in so long. So the it's not the worst show I've ever seen by far. It's it you could see maybe where it had potential. It wasn't complete crap, uh, which we have had on our show before. Uh, but it was just, it wasn't built for me now. I'm not sure why I enjoyed it back then now seeing it because it, it's just, it's so cringy and awful. And the, the stories are just way too unbelievable. And um, I didn't really have a great time watching it besides laughing at it instead of, you know, with it, which is not good at the end of the day. So cancel for me. Joe. Very similar to how 
how Nick just described it. We started this episode and I said, you know, can you go home again? I think that we're going to find doing this show when we cover, um, you know, series and stuff that we watched a lot as kids that it's more than likely always going to be a no. It just doesn't hold up because it just isn't for you anymore. Right. Um, it's weird. Like Nick said, right? Like I loved the show and I remember watching the show even like in high school, right? If it was on and you're just hanging around, you watched it, even though you obviously weren't being um, enthralled by the plot lines or anything, but yeah, this was really, really tough to watch. And I just, Chebby Checker and Casey Case, like everything about it is so weird. And uh, this is going to be a rare, uh, not green light for me. You passed wow. caveman. Caveman Great has show. Nick Kroll playing Ruxin as a caveman. This does not. Gordo. I'm going to cancel this. This is one of those shows that should have just lived in my memory and not have been relived. Uh, it was just, like I said, I remember watching it. I remember liking the show. That's where I should have left it and not revisited it at all uh, because I did not like this show. There were too many inconsistencies and I was on the fence about green light, green lighting it, but I felt like I was relying too heavy on nostalgia and ultimately it just didn't grasp me. It didn't make me want to watch a second episode. Like they, they kind of wrapped up all the loose ends. There was nothing there to kind of hook you for, for a num number two, in my opinion. So cancel for me. All right. For me, it's tricky. Saved by the Bell is one of my all-time favorite shows from growing up. Zach Morris to me was like my hero. As shitty of a human being as he was. Um, I literally parted my hair the way he parted his hair. Like, I wanted to be Zach Morris as a kid. Um, I still, from time to time, if I catch it on TV, I watch it. I recently watched the wedding uh, movie special, like, months ago. Like, <laughs> out of the blue, just wanted to watch it. Um, so I love this show. This episode has a lot of really weird, cringy stuff, but a lot of episodes of Saved by the Bell do. It's kind of the tone of the show. Um, again, and we talked about it, this show is made for children and young children. Now, this episode came out in 1989. I was three years old when this came out and watched it throughout my young youth. And that's a big reason that it's a sticking point to me today is I grew up on it. You know, I love the show growing up. Go with your heart, three-year-old Jay. But, um... I have to look at this episode objectively. It's tricky to rate because on one hand, I'm going, me now, if I was watching this for the first time, is this something I want to keep watching? But also acknowledging that this show is not made for 35, 36-year-old men. So it's tricky. But I'm going to actually cancel it because it was just, it was really, really goofy. The band scene, all that. That doesn't mean that I disliked it. It just, I, it's because of my fondness and memories of the show. And I'm sure if I showed this to kids, if I tried showing my niece this, she, she might like it, you know? Um, but I still will watch this as an adult old episodes, but it's because of the nostalgia of it and how much I liked it growing up. Uh, this episode alone was just a little too weird and it just, everything we looked at, there was nothing really, I don't know, just didn't really click in that way. Uh, and these characters aren't fully established yet. I think, I think the show does get stronger as they get older and you're a little bit more hooked to it, but I need a Zach and Kelly romance story. And that's not really apparent here. It looked like it was going to be Zach and Jesse. So it is a cancel for me, but my vote didn't even count because you were already at three before it got to me. So unfortunately, Saved by the Bell, Ferg was your only uh, saving grace. You're getting Sorry, one Ferg. out of five 
Green light. You were you were just bad enough for me to pass you. <laughs> you you got so bad it's good territory. Well, I was gonna say that's kind of the the point of the show is like it's a remembered as a good classic '90s television show for kids. For kids, bad pilot. But yeah, I, I, like I said, it's just this pilot in general. I just don't think it's that great. We can't we can't keep saying that though because this was supposed to be episode seven, so it's not a pilot pilot. <laughs> well, we always say it. Well, I always say at the top of the episode the first televised episode, which is no, what no, this I was. know, I, I get that, but we can't use the excuse that it's just a bad pilot. And the show yeah. gets better. <laughs> well, they chose the wrong episode to air first. Well I, well, I guess not because it worked out. The show, <laughs> the show just had a reboot, you know that or reimagined whatever they called it. That uh, the, that only I guess lasted two seasons. But Saved by the Bell is still part of pop uh, pop culture. I watched all years of that later. too. But uh, yeah. In any event, guys, sorry again. Saved by the Bell, you do not pass. You're getting canceled by us. I tried and that for is, you. That's all the time we have for this week, guys. Again, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links all our social media everywhere where you can listen to us rate review subscribe interact with us especially on twitter and instagram s1e1pod on both of those platforms spread the word tell your friends to follow us give us a listen but hit us up let us know what kind of shows you want to hear us cover things you want to um, hear from us don't want to hear from us we always listen to that take that to heart so thank you to everyone who has been listening and interacting thank you for listening to this episode that's all the time we have for this week we'll catch you next week thank you goodbye we got the best Devin. <laughs> Not Casey Kasem. <laughs> Not Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem.